Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. It really did look like the Lake Show was ready to rip the home court from the Nuggets last night. Well, most of the Lake Show look ready to rip the home court from Denver. Most of the Lake Show not named LeBron or AD. Or should I say LeBrick and Anthony Bricks or LaFlop or LaCap or LaBag or LaGramps or LaGeriatric. Almost all of those things were trending last night. I mean, take your pick. Yes, you. Take your pick because last night that was all valid. They were all valid. Somehow, in arguably the biggest game of the season, it was LaBrick in street clothes holding everybody else back in the end. Think about how insane that is for a moment. The purple and gold Titanic cracked right in half and sank in the first half of the season because the cast, the cast wasn't able to support and keep up with LaFlop in AD. But somehow, some way, Rob Lopalenka worked a deadline miracle and then swapped in a championship caliber cast. And now it's LaCap and AD who are bringing that ship down in the playoffs. Go figure. Did I or did I not say prior to this series that the Lakers could win that series if LeBron and give me an A or give me an FAD showed up with their best every single night? Did I or did I not say that if those two had their best, their best could be Denver? Did I or did I not say that? Yes, I did. Except we're not getting their best. Far from it. And for the first time ever, For the first time ever, LeBron is starting to age out right before our very eyes. I mean, the guy did a hell of a job of keeping Father Time at bay for as long as he did. But Father Time is undefeated, and now Father Time is finally kicking LeBron's ass. Why do you think this guy can't make a single three when it matters? Hell, why can this guy suddenly not make a layup when it matters? Hell, why can this guy not make a dunk? When it matters. I mean, putting aside all the three-point bricks for just a second, and there were a ton of three-point bricks, and there have been the entire postseason, especially in the fourth quarter. Why don't we just talk about the bunnies that he's breaking? Why don't we talk about all the six-foot baby hooks that Street Clothes is breaking? Or how about the time that the most prolific scorer in the history of the sport had an opportunity at an uncontested dunk, a free bucket on the road in a critical conference finals game two after they blew game one and then somehow fumbled it out of bounds while trying to style a reverse windmill. Blocked by Davis, picked up by Schroeder, saves it to Hachimura. James ahead of the pack goes up. Control and the crowd delights in that. I can't ever remember seeing that from him. Because that wasn't very humiliating. Even Rogan Loam, who blessed me with his presence, which he does now maybe 15 minutes a day, happened in right at that very second and watched it and said to me, Oh, that's going to go really badly for him. I'm like, You're right, Rogues. You're right, and it did. In fact, that might be the all-time LeBag moment. Maybe the baggiest move 
of LeBag's entire career. Or just his baggiest moment since he ruined Space Jam for an entire generation. Or maybe it wasn't even his baggiest moment of the night, considering that flop on the Jokic play. I mean, that's effectively how baggy LeBag was last night. So baggy, I can't figure out the baggiest part of his night. But the blown dunk was a disgrace. He didn't just slip and lose the ball out of bounds. He lost the ball trying to hit his signature dunk for the cameras. And even he said it was a complete momentum changer. He's right. I mean, that was beyond cringe. That was actually pretty pathetic. Also pretty pathetic that LeBrick will not stop chuck- chucking LeBricks from beyond the arc, even though zero of them are going in. Not a figure of speech. We're not exactly a bunch of lasers out here, are we, Le Laser? This dude, you want to talk about a laser? How rich is that that he pointed the finger earlier at his team for not being exactly a bunch of lasers? It's not like, you know, we're sitting here with a lot of lasers on our I mean, wasn't that after opening night that he's like, hey, man, it's not like we got a bunch of lasers out here. We're not sitting here with a bunch of 40-plus career three-point shooting guys. Anyway... This dude is 0 for 10 from beyond the arc in the series, and he has now missed 19 straight fourth quarter threes this postseason. Not exactly a laser, and yet there he was in crunch time once again, jacking up more bricks. This is all after LeBrick ruined game one by launching a terrible three in the final minute. But that did not stop him from chucking up three more bricks in the fourth quarter of game two. If you think I'm being unnecessarily harsh, I'm not. You know how I know I'm not? Check this out from Magic. Check out Irv. Irv opened up his mouth and lava spewed. Mount Irv erupted last night on Twitter. Irv of all people. Mount Irv tweeted, and I quote, I've never seen LeBron James miss a wide-open dunk and multiple wide-open layups in a playoff game. Anthony Davis was not much better and shot poorly the whole night. Both struggled from the field. End of Mount Irv's tweet. I mean, damn Irv. You know it's bad when Irv is bringing the flaming lava. When even Irv is going in. When even Irv is going ham. But dude's not wrong. And I haven't even gotten to street clothes yet. The ultimate A or F player came through with another F last night. He doesn't even deserve to go by the initials AD. I mean, that would suggest give me an A or give me a D. No, it should be A or F. Hell, A or D would be an upgrade for every other A, every other game D. That's what that guy is, right? Every other game? A, every other game D. He might show up for every other game now, but he shows out. I mean, he might show up every game now. I'll give him that. He has played every single night for quite some time. Problem is he shows out every other game, which is why he's the ultimate ARF dude. And for Laker fan, 80s act is so old that calling 80s act old is getting so old. You follow me on that? 
Mr. F seriously showed up with a 4-for-15 game last night. 4-for-15 with four turnovers. And more than just a horrific box score, he just looked lost on offense. He looked lost, and LeBag looked old. So what can I say? They better hope that that's just altitude and that that's not really who this guy is now. Because what it looks like to me is a 38-year-old dude who has played the second most minutes in the history of that game and has been in playoff mode every day now for the better part of the last two months, and now they're having to go every other night. And they're asking this guy now to guard Jokic and then show up and dominate on the other end of the floor. Good luck with all of that. He has about as much of a chance of fixing this as he does the Space Jam franchise, which he doused with gasoline and lit on fire. And, and, you know what's even more infuriating than Laker fan seeing the Laker players puke all over themselves when they literally could be up two games to none right now? They could be up to none. Is that everybody is once again puking all over themselves, talking about the Lakers and not mentioning a damn thing about the team that is up two games to none. How about a quick thought about the Nuggets? How pissed do you think the Nuggets are that no one is talking about what the Nuggets did, but rather what the Lakers didn't do? How pissed are the Nuggets that folks are not making this about the Nuggets winning, but rather the Lakers losing? I'll tell you how pissed. Extraordinarily pissed. And they've got every right to be. And you know Nuggets head coach Michael Malone and his crew are converting all of that piss into premium fuel. You ever think that you could run a high-profile rig on urine? They're dumping urine. They're topping off their gas tank with urine. And they're running their Maserati or their Lambo on that. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper or what's your beef? I'll give you an example. LeBron's kid, and I never like talking about anybody's kids, but they keep talking about his kids. LeBron's kid changing high schools is getting more run at the hot take factory than the Nuggets are for winning the first two games of the Western Conference Finals. Am I right? I know I am. This is why I'm comfortable speaking on behalf of the Nuggets in saying they're not getting the respect they deserve. 
I'm comfortable speaking on their behalf, but I'm even more comfortable having my guy Michael Malone speak on their behalf and talk about the fact that they're just not getting the respect they deserve. You win game one of the playoffs, and all everybody talked about was the Lakers. Let's be honest, that was a national narrative was, hey, the Lakers are fine. They're down 1-0, but they figured something out. No one talked about Nikola just had a historic performance. He's got 13 triple-doubles now, third all-time. What he's doing is just incredible, but the narrative wasn't about the Nuggets. The narrative wasn't about Nikola. The narrative is about the Lakers and their adjustments. So, you know, you put that in your pipe, you smoke it, and you come back, and you know what? We're going to go up 2-0. What a stud. Man, I love Michael Malone. He called his shot, and he's right. It's one thing to hype your guys up behind the scenes and say, man, no one's talking about you. Nobody gives a damn about you. The national narrative is all about them. It's not what he did. He did it in front of everybody. He did it to the media. And then he called a shot. And he goes, fine, great. Put it in your pipe and smoke it, and we're going to go up 2-0. And then they did. The only part he missed on that was part of the reason why they're not making that a part of the national narrative The hot take factory is too busy talking about LeBron's kid changing high schools. That was more important than the Nuggets winning game one and then going up 2-0. And he's not the only one. Malone is not the only one pissed. The entire team wants to know when somebody, anybody, is going to put some respect on them. Ask Jamal Murray. Ask Murray, who the Lakers could not do a damn thing about when it mattered most. Jamal wants to know when somebody is going to say something about that team. Something. A damn thing. A damn thing about the team that just did the damn thing once again. I'm telling you, man, I love it. I love the edge. I love the confidence. I love the presumptive close. Jamal was saying not if we win the chip. But when we win the chip, I said this was the best Nuggets team in history yesterday. Let me add to that the swaggiest Nuggets team in history. Like when I tweeted last night that Bruce Brown cracks me up. And Bruce Brown cracks me up even more when he talks junk to the Laker bench with like five minutes left in the game when it's still a game. So what I'm getting at is this. Not a great morning for Car Flag Nation in the end. In fact, you can't find a car flag in this town this morning. Everybody hid them after the fourth quarter. And understandably, now they have to run it back tomorrow on dead legs. And they've got to beat the Nuggets, who are fresher, more aggressive, four times in five games. When their goat is gassing out and is faded. And they've got to hope that every other game, AD, goes for 40 and 20 every single game. Have fun with that. And finally, I admit, I'm a little bit befuddled. I mean, what am I supposed to do? What am I going to do? That caller from Boston, Tom, remember him? What if Tom is right? What if Tom is right and this thing already is over? How the hell am I, in his words, going to hype the NBA playoffs now? But this series is over. I mean, good luck hyping it up. That was the Lakers' best shot. And uh, Denver handled it, and it's it's over. He said, and he said that before game two. He said that after game one. Good luck hyping it up, Rome. And I said, come on, man. Easy, dude. Lakers nearly stole that game. They're not dead. Not dead, can't quit. Except he was right. What if that series is already over? And then 
what if the Miami-Boston series will soon be over? Then the NBA Finals will be done, and then what? Then what? Then we have nothing, nothing to hype, and everything just sucks. You know Tom is just sitting back on his couch screaming to anybody who will listen, see, see, I told you, it's over. Put it in your pipe and smoke it. Put that in your pipe, you smoke it. I mean, why bother even watching Game 3? Why should I? I guess Dodger Jano and I will just watch Fast and Furious 10 instead. Where did you clones gloss Vin Diesel after the NBA All-Star Game? Vin obese ill obesel? I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Fat and Furious. Vin Obiesel, fat and furious. A quarter mile at a time. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. We are joined by Eric Armstead. Eric, great to have you on. How are you? Good. How you doing? Good, dude. Good. So bring me up to date. As I mentioned, you're nine years in now, so you know the importance of rest and recovery as well as anybody. You know what it takes to get your mind and body ready for an NFL season. So what's your typical offseason look like at this juncture of your career? And then what did you do with your downtime this year? Yeah, my typical offseason, um, you know, now has been, you know, a lot of family time. Uh, two, two daughters and um, got married a few years back, so been a lot of family time, uh, taking some time, doing some traveling, um, resting, and then, you know, shortly after getting back into training, and um, you know, we started back OTAs now, and you know, it's been it's been fun to get the journey started. Uh, and looking forward to another great year. It starts once again. You know, I think Nick Bosa who's obviously a monster in his own right, paid you an enormous compliment recently. He said that nobody watches more tape than you and that you were, quote, the quarterback of our D-line, end of quote. What's it like to hear that from Bosa, and then what's it mean to be a leader on one of the best defenses in the league? Yeah, you know, those are those are great compliments. And, you know, Bosa has become a brother of mine. And, um, you know, it's amazing to, to take the field with him um, each game. But, um you know, I feel like that's my responsibility, uh, you know, for us is to, you know, help the young guys, put us in the best position to go out there and uh, be successful. And, you know, I've gained a lot of knowledge throughout the years. and I know what teams are trying to do to us and how they're trying to attack us. And so, you know, sharing that knowledge and, and my approach to the game you know, has been helpful for us. Eric Armstead joining us. You mentioned how much you like playing with Bosa. Like, you're a pro, so you're going to do your job regardless of who you line up alongside with. But how much you like playing with this group specifically? How much better is it to go to battle with these guys on that line? Man, it's been, it's been amazing. You know, throughout the years, um, we, we've, we've created a culture of, of guys who, you know, care for one, of another, one another and uh, go out there and play hard. Um, and you know we have some some added some new uh, new guys to um, our group this year, and uh, you know we're excited to get together and start building that camaraderie, and then you know that's going to transfer over to the field as well. 
Yeah, just Javon Hargrave, no big thing, not a big deal. What an enormous addition that is. What did, what did you think when you found out that he was coming, and then what's he bring to an already dominant defensive front? Yeah, he's a dominant player in his own right. And, uh, you know, he's he's been playing um, a lot of good football for uh, many years, and uh, he's perfect for our scheme. Um, you know, I think we also complement each other very well. Um, you know, it's going to be exciting to – to throw different looks at guards and uh, and at offensive lines, um, you know we we all bring a different element to the table, and um, you know I think that's going to be tough for people to handle. You know, you mentioned the scheme. I was going to ask you about the scheme. How much of that scheme is about letting you guys just do what you do best? In other words, letting you put a hand on the ground, be physical, make plays without having to overthink things. Yeah, it's very important. You know, if you want guys to play fast. Uh, you want them to fly around without hesitation. Um, you can't the 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 playbook can't be super expansive and all these exotics and things you have to learn the week in and week out. So um, you know we 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 know we're going to line up. Um, we keep it simple. We go out there. We attack. Uh, we we play violent and we play hard. Eric Armstead is joining us. Let me get your thoughts on the other side of the ball, if you don't mind. You made another deep run last season before coming up just short. The run was even more impressive, of course, when you consider it came after third-string quarterback, rookie Brock Purdy, was pressed into duty. When did you first realize that that was just a different dude and that he was built for the challenge? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think you can look at his first game that he that he played, um, you know, just stepping right in and, and really looking unfazed and really comfortable out there. Um, you know, Brock has a certain presence about himself that uh you know gives you confidence um and you know he's he, he just has that gunslinger mentality um you know able to make plays off script and uh you know he's an excellent player and you know really got us um really you know was a catalyst for getting us you know making that run and getting to the nfc championship so um you know he, he took the took the lead by storm last year the guy was amazing. Like, it's not your call. I understand that. But assuming he's right physically and assuming that Trey Lance continues to improve, and then you've got Sam Darnold, like, what do you make of the entire quarterback situation right now? And then who is the guy? You know, I, I think we have three excellent quarterbacks. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're young, and uh, I think they all are extremely talented. And uh, one thing I've learned in this league is you never know what's going to happen. Um, you know, you can plan for things and um, try to script it and, you know, uh, this is who you think is going to be this and um, this is how you think stuff's going to go. But as you can tell last year, um, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So I know we have uh, a talented bunch in the quarterback room. Um, I know they're going to compete. Um, and, you know, I'm excited to see um, how all that shakes out. You know, um, you know, health is the number one thing, you know, so – I want those those guys to um, you know take take time. You know they're both uh, dealing with significant energy, uh, injuries, and you know take time to get healthy uh, and get back to feeling like themselves. And um, I think the you know it's it's going to shake itself out once we start playing football. It's so true. So much of it is just health. So much of it is just luck. Like if there's a hundred percent injury rate, so much of it is getting that good break and being lucky. Hey, listen, one game at a time, one day at a time, but I know you've seen the schedule. How anxious are you, for instance, to get another crack at Philly? Um, that's great. You know, um, 
they're they're you know a top team in the NFC, um, and it's going to be you know a, a great opportunity to go there and play against a great team, and um, you know measure up where we're at uh, at that part of the season. But you know that's a long way away. Um, you know it's a new new season. Last year's last year. Um, you know none of us. You know them us. No team can really. Uh, rely on what they did in the previous season. So it's going to be a new year, new journey, um, you know, that we're excited to, to uh, embark on here soon. And, um, you know, we've got a lot of – a bunch of teams uh, on the schedule before we play Philly. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how the season is looking then. And, you know, we'll definitely be ready to go and excited to, to head out there and play again and, um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I get it. It's always back to zero, and that is a bit off. But something you got coming up, you've got your kickoff for kids charity gala, which is coming up on June 1st. I know you're excited about that. What can you tell us about that event, and then where do folks go to get information about that event? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I started my nonprofit, uh, Armstead Academic Project, in 2019, and uh, we believe that education shouldn't be defined um, by a zip code. And um, our mission is to ensure that uh, every student, no matter the socioeconomic status, has the, the resources and tools they need to thrive. And um, our event um, coming up on June 1st is uh, our gala. Um, we haven't had a big event like this um, since before COVID, so we're very excited. Um, so our kickoff for kids gala is presented by Zenny Optical, who um, has been amazing and we believe uh, in providing, um, you know, resources for our students. And that looks uh, and feels in a mul multitude of ways. Um, and Zenny has, has come on as a partner to uh, be the presenting sponsor of our, our gala. Um, and we're going to have a great event. And, uh, you know, we're going to raise, um, raise funds to pour back into our community and give the, the kids and uh, families the resources that they need to uh, be successful in school and uh, go on to have uh, success later in life as well, too. So really trying to work on setting that foundation for our youth um, and providing them with the, with the tools they need uh, to be successful. Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. So, clones, I know this is hard for some of you. I know I'm asking a hell of a lot of some of you. However, no sex, no drugs, no booze, no porn, no weapons, no violence. Don't be idiots. Again, I know I'm asking for quite a bit. But remember, this is CBS daytime television. Keep it in mind, and we'll get your prediction videos up on the air if you keep that in mind and keep it clean. Just remember, CBS Daytime Television. Keep them to around 20 seconds. Send them to smackoffpicks at gmail.com. Call your shot. I'd love to see it, and I'd love to put you on TV. Send it in. Another smackoff-related announcement today. We received another smackoff-related musical submission from a clone.
Normally, that's not good. In this case, it may still also not be good. I don't know. I haven't heard it. I'm going cold. This is not a bit. This is not a joke. I really have not heard this. So it might not be good. What's interesting to me is it's another submission from a clone in Nevada. I have no idea what's going on with Nevada clones, but they're feeling it musically. And never forget, fun fact, trivia question, where was Neems from when he first started hitting us up with his musical brilliance? Nevada. Never mind Seattle, the home of grunge. Nevada is where it all starts, the musical world. So with that in mind, I mean, in terms of the first musical submission, I don't really think we can call it music, even if it was an attempted cover of my favorite band of all time. For those of you who have not been treated to this yet, here's Dino in Vegas. That's not this week's submission. This was the original one. This is Dino in Vegas, absolutely murdering. One of the greatest replacement songs ever, Can't Hardly Wait, which he tried to tune in or turn into some kind of anthem for the smack-off. I can't wait. Hardly wait. At least he can carry a tune. I can't wait. Hardly wait for the smack-off. And the legends, I can't wait. Which legends? Hardly wait. Man, that is aging terribly. It's getting more putrid and awful by the second. So I can't say that I've got a lot of optimism. And again, I've not heard this yet. I can't say that I've got a lot of optimism about the newest submission. Also, I got it, Albie, thanks. Also from Reno, Rob in Reno. But let me say this for Rob. There is no way he can do any worse than Dino in Reno. Dino in Reno is the worst. Actually, Dino's in Vegas. My bad. Rob is in Reno. Dino is in Vegas. Now, it's my understanding that this is not a cover. This is original. You need to understand I've not heard this yet. I'm playing this cold. So, if it's an original, that makes it even more challenging. But I'm going to keep an open mind. Let's give it a chance. He went through the effort of making it, producing it up, and sending it. So I'm going to give it a spin. I have not heard this yet. Rob in Reno's original Smack Off song, which came into the program, and it sounds like this. Third 
So here's my reaction. I had not heard that before. I'm not going to give you the same reaction I had the first time I heard Three Day Weekend. It's not that. Like, I'm not going to go off air and listen to it 50 times in a row like I did that back in the day. But you know what? That's good. That's pretty tight. High points for production value, for sure. Very good production value. And again, understand what we're doing here. This is not somebody dropping some new album for some major label. This is just somebody, a clone, listening and giving us his rendition. So I think the production value, for what it is, is awesome. Love that. Lyrically, I think it's better than average. I'm happy with that. I think that's high level for what it is. For what it is. And especially compared to what came before it. He did have another song back in the day, but I'm not even comparing this second effort to his first effort. I'm comparing it to Dino. So that's not bad at all. What's your reaction? I like that. Rob in Reno. Back in May, Rob actually did this. My man Rob, what's up? I was working as a driver back in 2001 when I found you. I turned you on. I checked it out. Got to know the show. It was something new. But now I think it's time I made a call on my own. I guess it's just what I must do. Don't this you is when this dude rock me. This is when this dude tried to go from the voicemail on the pod to the live call. No. Tommy and I disagree. Not at all. Tommy's like, quote, I don't hate this as much as you do. No, you don't. Because I did hate that. But credit for trying to sing live. I still hate it. But man, dude, what a bounce back. Listen to this guy. Smack off the greatest show of the year. He joins us via Zoom today. Patrick Sertan is my guest. Patrick, it is great to have you on the show, man. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. It is great to have you. Appreciate it. It's a good opportunity for me to talk to you. So let me ask you, you had, as I mentioned, a heck of an individual season last year. I'm kind of curious, as a young guy, how did you approach the past offseason in terms of the work you put in? And then what did you do in your downtime? Yeah, you know, I just approached it, um, you know, because just building off of my rookie year, you know, I had a pretty good year. And, you know, just improving my game, whether it's technique-wise, um, getting back to the fundamentals, but also 
you know, taking that next step to that next level to improve my game, you know, and reach my goals. So um, the approach was a little different, you know, because, you know, my first, my rookie year, you know, I wasn't as experienced, you know, but that little bit of, of experience helped me uh, maintain that level of play going into my next year. All right, <laughs> and sorry. in my downtime, yeah. Um, yeah, my downtime, I just like to, you know, just to lay back, chill, um, you know, hang out get on the video game, um, spend time with friends, uh, watch a movie or something like that. But, you know, I like to chill. You know, I stay low, stay low key and uh, be to myself. I like that, dude. I like that a lot. Patrick Sertan joining us. Sorry to jump in on you. Let me ask you, so you made that great jump, I think, from your rookie year to your second year. What kind of a jump are you looking to make from last year to this coming year? What kind of improvements are you looking to make? Um, You know, that's so slight improvements you know I could always improve on my technique um technique is a big part of my game uh, and I want to master it um I feel like there's some you know little uh you know tendencies here and there that I can improve on in my technique you know sharpen up re refine my tools uh my toolbox but you know just growing into being a leader um even though I'm still young you know I'm in my third year um I think it's that time where I just you know, set apart myself and, you know, step into that leadership phase and, you know, just be out there for the team, uh, whether it's leading by example or just leading vocally, you know, just doing everything in my power to make sure I step that up. You know, I was just going to ask you about that because what you are, I mean, you're one of the best players, one of the best players on that team is a young player and it's a veteran team, right? So there's a lot of veteran leadership. I'm really interested to hear you talk about leadership and you kind of started this. I was going to ask you, so what is your approach to leadership? Are you going to lead by example? Do you want to be that vocal leader? How do you approach that? Yeah, I just approach it each and every day and um, <clears throat> learn from the guys the vets in the locker room, I believe that they set a great example uh, for me to learn from guys like Justin Simmons, um, you know, Russ, Kate Jack, um, you know, different vets around the locker room that, you know, inspire me to, you know, be that leader across the locker room because they've done it at a high level, um, very experienced level. So, you know, going into my third year, that's what I'm looking to improve on and provide those leadership qualities for the team. Patrick Sertan joining us. You mentioned Russ. Let me ask you about Russ. I'm sure Russ would be the very first one to tell you that last year did not go anywhere near as well as he would have expected. Have you noticed any difference in his approach this offseason? And what are you expecting from Russ in this coming season? Um, you know, I think Russ is going to come in with the same approach. You know, he's always had that strong work ethic. Um, you know, he knows what it takes to win to win games. Um, you know, even though despite last year, you know, last year wasn't, you know, the year that, you know, that was expected. But, you know, stuff like that happens. You have those, you know, rough patches um, in a career. But, you know, Russ, I know what type of player he is. Um, you know, he's very excited for this year and looking to build with the team for this coming season. So, Patrick, you know, in the NFL, the only constant is change, right? Things are always changing. You've already experienced that yourself. Obviously, when a new head coach comes in, there's going to be a pretty significant adjustment. But how different is the vibe in the entire facility when that new head coach is a Super Bowl winning head coach in Sean Payton? You know, a guy with a really strong presence. How different was it the second he walked through the door? Yeah, you could just uh, sense the vibe change. Um, you know, he brings a different type of you know, compassion, uh, passion towards the game. 
you can just tell each and every day he walks in the building, he's full of enthusiasm. He's very, you know, energetic. Um, you know, he's locked in with the team. And you could tell just day in and day out so far through these OTAs that, um, you know, he puts the team first, but he also knows what's ahead for us. Um, he has very high expectations for us going in towards the season. And, you know, we're just looking forward to it. Um, we're going to rally behind him because, you know, he knows what it takes to win at a high level. Um, he's done it before. Um, his resume speaks for itself. So, you know, I'm just looking forward to, you know, competing at a high level with him and seeing, you know, where it takes us. Hey, let me ask you one thing about him. Like you mentioned his resume. He's got that great resume. And when you walk in and you've got that resume and you've got that ring, you have instant cred, right? So he's got the tremendous resume. He's got swag. He's got rap. I'm curious, how good is he at connecting with yeah. young players like you? Uh, he's great with that. Um, you know, me and him been chatting it up. Um, ain't no, even though we just starting to get to know each other, it seems like we've known each other for a long time already. Uh, we could connect very well. Um, you know, he's also a entertaining guy as well, too. Um, you know, he'll say a joke here and there, you know, but he's just locked in with the team. And, you know, he's, he's got a lot of swag behind him. Um, you know, just a lot of, you know, personal, um, you know, level stuff that, you know, he will, that you'll see in him that would have taken a winning coach. And, you know, we're very excited um, for that, you know, as a team. And, um, you know, Sean, he just knows what it takes. And um, you just sense that around the team, you know, the sense of aura, the energy that's around the team um, that he's brought. So, you know, we are very excited as a team um, to see where the season takes us coming up. Patrick Sertan joining us. You know, Patrick, I've always been amazed. In all my years of watching the league, guys on the corner, guys on the island, it's just it's a different deal altogether, man. It takes a different mindset. It takes a different yeah. skill set. You guys are just a different breed altogether. You grew up with it. Your father was obviously an amazing player. You're already an amazing player. You're an extremely humble guy, but you need to be really, really confident if you're going to be on the island. Let me ask you this. You're already in the conversation as one of the top corners in the league. Do you feel like maybe you're already the guy? Are you the best of the best playing that position right now? Yeah, I believe that 100%. Um, you know, I just think my film speaks for itself. Um, you know, I've been doing it consistently, um, you know, through year one and now year two, now year three. You know, I'm looking to build, you know, um, what I've put out on film, put out on tape, you know, put out on primetime games. And, you know, I think I've solidified myself as one of those guys, you know, so, you know, I'm just looking to improve on that. Respect. I love that response. Let me ask you this. What's it like being in the AFC West? What's it like being in the AFC West knowing there's a pretty good chance you could play the bulk of your career going up against the likes of Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert? Yeah, our division is very tough. Um, obviously, we've got great quarterbacks, great teams around our division. And, you know, once you – when you got those teams in your division, um, you know, it's, it, it sets very high goals for you, you know, if you're able to get through our division, you have a high chance of, you know, winning the Super Bowl, getting the playoffs, and winning the high level. So, um, you know, our division speaks for itself. Um, you know, you know the Chiefs over there, um, they've been handling their business the last couple of years. Um, you know, the Raiders, the Chargers. Um, so, you know, we got our work cut out for us, but we know what's ahead. Um, and, you know, we are very excited, you know, even, even though um, – you know, the division sort of, you know,
could go either way, but you know, I'm excited to see what's going to happen this year, I especially love, in our division. Yeah, I love that division. Listen, before you go, I, it seems to me like you're a classic case of they got to deal with you as much as you have to deal with them. That said, as great as the start to your career has been, what would you consider your welcome to the NFL moment? Like, it's such a cheesy question to me, but everybody has one. What was yours? Um, welcome to the NFL moment. I mean, I, I, you know, I say the first, the first one uh, was my rookie year against the Ravens. Um, we was playing against Lamar and Sammy Watkins. Um, I went against him. You know, he's he was an experienced vet. Um, so, you know, I'm a rookie out there. Um, you know, still going through the nuance of things. And you know, I, I went against him. You know, the first half, you know, I held him down, held him in check. Then the second half came, you know, he just started picking up, you know, just gaining yards, you know, just completing catches on me. The, those who had a connection uh, throughout the point of the game in the second half, you know, it was kind of frustrating. So it was like, that's my welcome to the NFL moment. And, um, you know, after that game, that's when it was like, yeah, I got locked in, honing on the little things, the technique, you know, because little stuff like that, we're not locked in on your technique and you think you got it the whole game. Um, you know, it could come back to eat you alive. So, you know, that's that was my welcome to the end of film when I, I should say. Boy, is that the truth, right? That. Like, that's those little things that you might get away with in college in the NFL. Yeah, Man, yeah. the pros will exploit that, right? They will kill you. Yeah, the little things, you know, you got to stay on top of that, stay on your P's and Q's because, you know, other teams could look at that, you know, and sort of pick on that. So, you know, you just got to lock into little things, you know, just come out with the same consistent um, type of play. Hey, listen, one last thought. How caught up are you in the Nuggets run right now? Oh, I'm very caught up. <laughs> Them boys balling for sure um, at a high level. And, you know, you just you could just see, because I've been to a couple games, you know, how locked in, um, you know, how everything is falling into place for them. Um, you know, they're going on a run. And, you know, at this, you know, through these playoffs, I could just tell that they're, even more of a complete team than their opponents in the show. So, you know, the Nuggets are, you know, they're doing it. So I can't wait to see these next few games, what they got. I know they're going um, away to the Lakers. So, you know, I feel like if they get through these games here, they're, you know, win a series. Dude, don't they look like they've got a massive chip on their shoulder? And you know, as a high-level athlete, you have enough guys yeah. in a room with a chip on their shoulder like that, that'll carry you a long way, won't it? Yeah, um, especially for them. I know they, you know, last year they didn't have, you know, the season that they wanted. So you could tell that they got a big chip on their shoulder, you know, coming towards this season, especially in the playoffs going on the run they had. You know, they're a special down the team. So they're exciting to watch too. <laughs> they are. They're a blast. All types of players on the, you know, so yeah, they're doing, they're doing good. Hey, Patrick, how many times am I going to step on you in the middle of an answer, man? Sorry about that. Listen, dude, I love the way you showed up. What a great conversation. I've been looking forward to having you on the program. You lived up to all the hype. You're coming off an amazing year. You're a pro bowler, a first-team all-pro already, one of the best in the league already, going to our number three. Patrick, appreciate you very much, man. Great job and really nice to have you on the show. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. With the triumphant return of the Big Head Bets segment right here in the jungle, head it's been a minute. What's cracking? How you doing, dude? 
I'm doing fantastic, Jim. Life is great. Uh, scrambling a little bit here with the PGA and Preakness, but I'm good to go, man. All right, glad to hear it. You sound great, and you know how it is. You got to stay fluid. Things are fluid, so they are. stay flexible. Why don't we start with the NBA? Okay. Game two, head Miami v. Boston. The Heat shocked the Celtics in game one. They ripped the home court in the process. Then again, maybe, head, it wasn't a shock at all, right? Mm-hmm. Boston's been garbage at home this postseason. You had to know the Celtics were not going to match the Heat's aggression and their toughness, and they didn't, and it came back to bite them in the ass. I know Boston's going to come with more force tonight. The question is, how fat is the number, and can you justify laying those points against a Heat team that you know is never going to give in or let down? The number is extremely fat, Jim. It's Boston minus nine right now. And the reason, yes, big time, right? And the reason it's so high is the lines makers know everyone assumes Boston bounces back tonight. And they knew the money would be coming, so they pushed it way the hell up. Get this, playoff home teams down 0-1 in the past three seasons are 16-2 against the spread in game two that's wow. why the number is so freaking high dude, right now 16 and two against 16 the spread and two yeah and dude, i think they dude. since like 2019 i think they're 21 and one straight up and 20 and two against the spread as in that particular role right there so um but as you know the nba postseason has been um incredibly unpredictable even in the finals heading into the conference finals here home teams had the best cover rate since 08 And, of course, all three games in the conference finals right now, the home team has not covered one time. But I'm going to go against that and 72% of the bets, sharps, and most betting models and go with your half fam here in the Celtics. I'm going to lay those nine points here. It's a lot. But I think their defense will be better tonight. There's no way in hell the Heat shoot again 51% from three. And I think Joe Mazzulla's team actually does play four quarters here. Um, also, Jason Tatum, I think he'll play and demand the ball late. I'm hoping come fourth quarter, Spo is happy with and content with the split, sits his guys, and we get that nine cover right here, Celtics. I think that's really interesting, the points you make, because that's out of character. That's not like you, Head. That is not like no, you. Number one, not nine. Do, no, not nine. Nine mm-hmm. is not like you, and you also do not follow the money when a lot of the money is going that way. That is not like you. However, I heard what you just said. You make a pretty persuasive argument. I have not yet hit that myself. I know you don't play games and lay nine, but you just did. Mm -hmm. So I may do that before they tip. I haven't done it yet. All right. Let's move on to the PGA Championship. You always seem to get nice in golf's majors, and you do it mid-tourney. Who have you hit so far, and who are you still looking to hit? Well, I hit a guy by the name of Justin Rose with my good friend Jim Rome, and I think we got 80 to 85 to 1 pre-tournament here, and he's in contention right now. As far as um, the favorite right now is Scotty Scheffler. He uh, shot three under in the first round, and he's off to a hot start. You could get him at only plus 105. Everybody thinks Scheffler's going to win this thing. I'm not going to go with him. I'm going to take a couple shots because you could only go with him alone. I'm going to go with Victor Hovland at plus 1,000. Corey Connors, plus 1,400, and Patrick Cantley, who had a Bad first round, but he rallied back today at plus 1,600. Let's hope, um, you know, hope maybe Scheffler has that butt crack injury flare up in the back nine on Sunday, and maybe one of these three guys can get us Is paid. there such an injury as a butt crack injury? I, I've never heard that diagnosis before. It's called a 
pilonidal infection. It's an infection at the top of your butt crack. Oh, you're right. Butt crack. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Um, crack. You can look it up. He it's, did have it a was, butt crack injury. It was really hard if it could flare up in the back nine on Sunday, we might be able to make some money here, Jim. That's my thought. It generally, those things do flare up at the worst possible time, don't they? And it's cold out. Maybe, maybe there's something there. All right. There you go. Let's talk Preakness. Okay. Now, I know you and I both love the ponies. You know I've actually lived that life. I've gotten yes. my ass kicked by that life. I've been on top of the sport with that life. I'm here to tell you, although it's a part of the sports tradition, head, I have never understood the Triple Crown season and especially that incredibly quick turnaround right. from the Kentucky Derby to the Preakness. To me, it's a virtually impossible ask to even run both those races much less win both those races or even hit the board on both mm -hmm. those races. It is too grueling. It's too short a turnaround. And that's why we're seeing the field that we're seeing tomorrow. And you already lost the horse you were going to pick, right? Yeah, that's right. And a lot of people agree that's with right. you. And that's why we see only that's one right. horse running in the Kentucky that's Derby right. to run in the Preakness right now. And that's Mage the winner right there. Um, yes, my horse was second choice, first mission. I thought he might have the speed and weather could help him because it could uh, rain, I believe, tomorrow on the lead. But he was scratched this morning, so that's not good. If you go with Mage, it's a bad number, minus 140. I think mm. National Treasure, uh, plus 250, and Bobby Baffert looks the biggest, biggest threat right now. But I think we're going to have a triple crown on the line in three weeks at Belmont. I think Mage is just too good for this field right now, Jim, and I think Forte will you know, probably get him in Belmont, but Mage has a significant speed figure advantage on the entire field here. Each race he's gotten better. He hasn't raced a lot, so maybe he is fresher than the normal two weeks here. And, uh, you know, if you want to take a chance in the, and it does start raining out there, you might want to look um, at Blazing Sevens. He did win on a grade one sloppy track at plus 650, but I'm going Mage at minus 140 to win the Preakness. Let me, I can appreciate that. Let me just uh, get into one thing really quickly. When it comes mm -hmm. to a sloppy track, there's something to this head, and you can discuss it with me too. Some horses like to run in the slop. Mm -hmm. Some horses actually thrive in the slop. Some run really well in the mud and the rain. Others do not. You don't always mm -hmm. know. And nobody likes the kickback. Horses don't do very well with mud getting kickback in their faces when they're running. So right. track conditions are very important in that regard, aren't they? Yeah, big time. Off track is what we call it. Yes. Mage, he kind of came from behind in the Kentucky Derby, so we don't know if he'll like it or not. And I do know uh, Blazing Sevens did run in it, and he didn't mind it. I mean, he's not as fast as he is, but again, he's used to it, so... You could take a chance here at plus 650. All right, so before you go, I know you like to get down and get nice during the NHL postseason. Are mm -hmm. you seeing anything you like there from what's left? Yeah, let's go with the series here. Um, you can get the Vegas Golden Knights at minus 130 to beat the Dallas Stars. Biggest question is their goaltending. Can it stand up? But that offense and their top scorers showed up against Edmonton, so I'm going to say they're going to do that. I'm going to take the Vegas Golden Knights to advance to the Stanley Cup final at minus 130. All right, so it's good to have the Big Head Bets segment back. Run it down. Start from the top. In fact, we will do this because it's not a podcast. Normally, I would say to you, you want the picks. You mm -hmm. want the picks. Give me my picks. Go to the podcast. Except you just got the picks. For those who are joining us late, run it back, and I know you'll put it up on Twitter too. NBA tonight, Boston minus nine at home. PGA Championship, Victor Hovland plus 1,000. Corey Connors plus 1,400. And Patrick Cantley at plus 1,600 to run down Scheffler. Preakness stakes, we're going to go with Mage, the favorite there. 
Stanley Cup playoffs, Vegas Golden Knights. I think Major, I got it one, minus 140. Uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, Vegas Golden Knights to win the series over the Dallas Stars at minus 130. And if you're bored, boxing on Saturday night, Devin Haney by decision, minus 185 over Lomachenko if you want that. Look at the boxing bone on the way out the door. Head, nice job. Have a great weekend. Dude, let's make some money. We need it. Hell freaking yes. Thanks, Jim. You got it. The head. James Kelly, big head bets coming back in. Paul's dog. What's up? Paul's dog. Thus continues the year of the dog. We had bulldogs. We had huskies. And now we have a new champ at Westminster. The wickedly talented Petite Bassett Adele Dazim. Griffon Vendine. He looks just like Buddy Holly. You ever see the dogs at those shows that are so furry you can't tell their face from their butt? Just like Vic and NoCal. <laughs> Not only will a dog win the smack off this year, a dog will also be getting this sando at Ike's. It's going to be on the secret menu. Ask for the K9, Paul's dog. One... All-beef American pup, deep-fried, tossed in buffalo sauce, served on a brioche bun, topped with pepper jack Russell cheese, and served with a nice cold bowl of toilet water. Roar! A hot dog is a sandwich. You got meat. You got bread. You got filling. Sandwich. Rough me. Rum route. Nice job. Do it. All right, bring the heat. Back him. Bring the hate. Bring the hate. Bring the heat. Bring it all. Mm, the smack off. Believe me, I like it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Who is the new guy? Come at me. I've heard of all before. I am back. What's cracking? Welcome to the program. My name is Jim Rome. I took the entire week off last week. Jake Rome graduated from college, so the entire Rome family was there. Nice to have you here. We have lots to get done today. Joey fan, let me start with you. It's not a failure. You know, steps to success. You can tell Troy was pretty happy with himself with that one. You can hear the smile on his voice when he said it. Are you planning to be the coach of the team next year? Yeah. Yeah, I got a, I think I got two years left. You think? Two years or two hours, my guy. Two years or 20 minutes. Two years or before the end of this segment. I have James Harden, post-traumatic stress disorder. Jim, this is just who he is. Geeter! What is going on, Romy? First off, I just want to say congrats to Jake, the graduate, to you, the keynote speaker. Of course, Janet, Logan, who outraged everyone. And you know I always love coming on and talking with the new guy, bud. Chad in Philly. You gotta be truthful. I'm from Green Bay. My bad. Ah! He is Sam Amick. A terrible postseason. For Jordan. Jordan Poole lets it fly. No! And it's hard to not feel like a, a big part of it, the punch with Draymond back in October. <clears throat> I actually have audio footage of LeBron and Rob Blink. Hey, yo, Rob, bring me Kyspiracy Theory Irving. <clears throat> you do you, King, and let me get like Pee Wee in a movie theater and do me. <clears throat> I've heard of NBA young boy, but you NBA dumb. Boy. I can't believe we're having this conversation again. I'm just going to say this dude is either extremely disturbed or extremely. Dumb. Is there anybody anywhere around him in his orbit who will say, hey man, no, don't do any of that? Yo, John Morant, dude, is stupid crazy. 
I think Memphis should just break him off. It looks like that dude is never going to learn. Getting ready for work right now, then you're probably not. Doc done. Rivers. Get All right, then we're done. Now, There's your breaking news. I know you thought that was original. I know you thought that would get you a laugh. You were wrong. <laughs> Gary eating lard asses up in Wisconsin. You cheese curd scarfing battery chucking losers. Get used to shutting the boob tube down early on Sundays because the old bears are back. A lot of chirping from our judge going eyeball emoji and then turning around a pitch about a thousand feet does not mean that he was cheating. I'm not offended by that. I'm just offended by that garbage explanation he had after the game. And you know what? He, yeah, I, I have had. Hey, Rome, since me and the fee went all Pee Wee Herman yesterday and lost his golden ticket, I'd like to snatch it. Rack me, I'm out. I want you to rack that call, but not give Manny the golden ticket he asked for. Jokic just gets it off in time. It's up. Oh, it's good. That was pretty much the vibe last night. Before everybody runs in here to crown their asses, we all have to admit that the Nuggets dodged a massive scud in the fourth quarter. Good luck hyping it up. Kevin Millar. You walk in with a bad shirt, I'm getting on you. If I walk in with a bad shirt, you're getting on me. We're laughing. We're playing skits in the shower. Sometimes you got to grab your privates and get in there and just go. I need some dudes. Joe Varden is my guest. Joe, it is great to have you on. How you doing, Joe? Jim, last night I was sitting at a bar. The request to do the show came through. And I immediately showed it via text to my buddies who I grew up with uh, in suburban Seatown. This is like a big deal for all of us. We were at the 2000 tour stop. And my one boy, he says, the Jim Rome show appearing there is better than winning a Pulitzer. The number one pick goes to the San Antonio Spurs. Every Spurs loss this year feels like a win because of Wimbyama. I'm not trying to get the conspiracies going, you know, but I mean, there's got to be something cooking over there in that draft room because how do you fall out? It's just, it's embarrassing. We need some older heads to help out these young guys. What, you mean the ping pong balls? Who has to grow up? Man, those damn envelopes have to mature. Can't be having this. But here's what I know. I've got a landline now. I've got some takes. They don't suck. And I'll be there on June 30th, baby. And so now I'm pissed because I'm like, me and you are dudes. We're good. Why are you tripping on me in front of the cameras? He and Ashton are both screaming at me like, yeah, that's bullshit. That is bullshit to you, dude. I was like, get the f- out of here. I'm doing my job. Kutcher. No, no, no. We had the right mindset and we were prepared. You could say over and over and over again that you were prepared, but that doesn't make it so. You won three of the four quarters. Too bad you got your ass kicked in the entire game. Do your job. Brian Scalabrini. Man, it's always good to catch up with Romy in the playoffs, man. I'm really excited about this. Dude, I love it. Me too. My beef is with my barber, Jim. Now I got what looks like a cross between a weave, a toupee, and a plug job. My beef is with the lottery. I mean, how many times can they screw Detroit? Wickedly talented. Petite, Bassett, Adele, Dazim, Earth, Griffon, Vendine. He looks just like Buddy Hub. The pipe is the moneymaker. Even the desperation shots go in. Dumbest mother. Go, Spurs, go. No yeah. one's safe in our business. You and me can't win alone, Jimmy. Remember that. Thanks, Roman. Be good, brother. Put that in your pipe, you smoke it. Let go of the road. Good night, now. Good night, now.